Good evening. I was just with some uh, pastor friends today and was telling them about the service tonight. They asked if, uh, if and how we observed Lent and we were able to tell them, uh, you know, that we are able to enjoy Lent with other churches in our area. And they said, well, how in the world did that work out? How did you end up, uh, you know, having services with other churches? That seems uh, kind of bizarre. How did that happen? And, you know, Josh and I, uh, we kind of scratched our heads and we said, wait, how did that happen? <laughs> and uh, we don't really know, but for us it's exciting that, you know, that we get to be a part of that. And so it's always a, a, a real privilege for us to be able to, we look forward to, to Lent very much uh, for a number of different reasons. For, for many reasons, but one of them that's high on the list is getting to be with all of you um, because we serve the same king and uh, we worship the same savior and lean into him together and it's good to be able to do that in the season of Lent. So it's good to be with you. Uh, and, you know, as we engage Lent, I, I want to start this evening by asking you a question. Have you ever been invited into intentional pain? Have you ever been invited into it? When I was a kid... I remember one time when I had a friend who asked me to grab an electric fence to see what would happen. Did that happen to you when you were a kid? I have a feeling that some of you could say yes to that. <laughs> yeah, that happened to you? Yeah, okay. Yeah, on the farm, right. And I remember, you know, just sitting there staring at this electric fence saying, I know that pain is on the other side of this decision. And I'm being invited into pain. And for some reason, I'm being strangely drawn to the pain. And, you know, maybe that's uh, peer pressure. Maybe it's pride. Uh, maybe it's just the thrill of it. But there was something about it that ultimately drew me into the pain. And I learned my lesson. You know, uh, we, we grow up in those moments a little bit. And we learn in those moments. But it doesn't change. There's adult versions of it. I have some friends who are athletes who have asked me recently to get involved in these races called, uh, there's one called the Tough Mudder, one called the Spartan Race, one called the Warrior Dash, and there are these obstacle courses that I don't know what the purpose is except to experience pain. And there's plenty of ways to be in shape and be healthy without really, really hurting yourself. And yet I think it's all just kind of like grabbing electric fences still, except the grown-up version of it. And, I, you know, I, I think I'm past that a little bit. Uh, but there are times when we need to engage pain. You know, if, if we want to move forward, we need to engage pain. There's moments where we get stuck in a relationship or in some pain, and we need to experience some counseling. And sometimes that counseling can be a little bit painful because we have to probe deep into areas that maybe we don't want to expose. You know, and maybe there's times where we're in a relationship with someone and we know that in order for the relationship to take the next step forward, we have to have a tough conversation. And that's not fun. That's kind of painful. It's painful for them and it's painful for us. And yet if we want to go further in the relationship, then we need to engage in pain and there's an invitation into pain. Another example is when uh, someone is grieving, when someone is hurting. We can stand on the outside and observe or we can grieve and mourn with those who mourn, and we can engage in that. But to engage in that certainly means pain for us as well. But if we choose not to engage that pain, then on the other side there's something really missing, isn't there? We've lost something if we haven't walked through the pain with that person. And the mountaintops of the relationship can only go as high as the valleys of the relationship as well, because the emotional gamut is expanded by our experience in the relationship. 
And, you know, I've had uh, a number of people in our church recently, uh, particularly of a younger generation, who ask me, what in the world is Lent all about? I don't get this whole thing of Lent. You know, and, and those who were raised in a Protestant or evangelical background might have not had much experience with Lent, particularly in recent generations. And so I get asked that question a lot these days. What, what is Lent? And, and the quickest answer that I know of is it's Jesus' invitation into pain. That's what it is. But not pain for the sake of pain. I mean, in our text today, it says, if anyone wants to be my disciple, If you want to be my disciple, then you must deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. No pain, no gain. Yes. Now, here's the thing, is the reason that we've reacted so hard to that kind of thinking at times is because we recognize that our relationship with God is not based on our own efforts. Our relationship with God, our entrance into a relationship with God, is primarily based on the grace of God which we discover at the end of Lent. And as we walk through Lent, we get to this place where eventually we arrive at Monday, Thursday, where Jesus is washing our feet. And he's telling us that unless he washes our feet, we don't have any part with him. And then he invites us into a new covenant where he says something about his body being broken and his, his blood being poured out. And the next day we get to see it all happen on the cross. And a veil is torn, and then Easter comes. And Pentecost arrives. And a new relationship is opened. And it turns out it was all by grace. But if we jump too quickly to Monday, Thursday, and if we jump too quickly to Good Friday, and if we jump too quickly to Easter, and if all we're willing to say is that our relationship with God happens because of a cross and because of a resurrection, and we just leave it there, Well, we don't unpack the fullness of His grace. And we don't get to experience His grace. It would kind of be like if someone uh, went to the Super Bowl and after the game, somebody came up to them and gave them a Super Bowl ring. And they said, well, you didn't know it, but your great uncle purchased you uh, entrance onto the Super Bowl team. And so you are an honorary member of this team. Here's your ring. Congratulations, you just won the Super Bowl. Well, that's great, and that's awesome. I have a Super Bowl ring, and that's a lot of fun. On the other hand, I don't have any memories at all connected to that grace. I didn't have any experience. I didn't have any journey that connects me to that. And if I walk into heaven, which I can do by the grace of Christ's blood shed on a cross, it will be a wonderful thing to arrive at the pearly gates and be welcomed into the arms of His grace for all of eternity. But if I get there, and I didn't experience any of that grace while I was on earth, well, I missed out on a whole level of journey. And it's wonderful that I won the Super Bowl ring by the grace of God, but I missed out on the grace that was available to me in the moment. See, grace to enter into a relationship with God and to experience eternity with Jesus is earned for us by Jesus' death on a cross. So the earning of a relationship with God and the earning of entrance into heaven is not on our own merit. That's on His merit and that's grace, right? However, if I want to experience that grace, it does take effort. 
to experience the grace. And we are invited to experience the grace of walking in a relationship with God. But it takes effort, and that effort is an invitation into pain, and an invitation into grace, and an invitation, an invitation into poverty, and an invitation into mourning. Because blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. God calls us into a place of hunger, and he calls us into a place of mourning, and he calls us into a place of grief, and he calls us into a place of pain, because he recognizes that there are certain things in our experience, in our whole mindset, that we cannot grasp unless we experience pain along with him. Which is why we hear the words of Paul crying out, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. And that salvation that is planted in us by the grace of God, that it's to work itself out into every corner of our life. And that that takes effort. This isn't about human sanctification, about our own ability to change ourselves. It's about the fact that there's an unlimited pool of grace that we can experience, but we have to experience other parts of life in order to receive all of the grace that God actually has for us. And it's not the parts of life that we would want to engage. It's the parts of life that we would choose typically to not engage that he calls us into. And this is where we hear the words of Hebrew 4.11 saying this to us. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest. There's a rest for us. It takes effort to enter. For some people... The idea of, of stepping into pain of Lent looks like masochism. <laughs> Why would I want pain? There's plenty of pain in life. I don't need to create it. That's just, for those who are self-reliant, that looks like pointless pain. I do the things that make my life feel better. Why would I purposely engage pain unless I can see it making my life better? For the self-reliant, for the self-righteous person... What that looks like as this is a necessary burden as we walk through Lent. Okay, we'll do it again. Woe is me. I'll be righteous and I will sacrifice for God. You know, that's the self-righteous mindset. The self-reliant mindset is I'm not sure why I would do this unless I see the benefit. So that's just some abstract pain. Why would I engage that? Or over here, I'll do it for the sake of Christ and be hardcore for him. You know, those are, the, those are the options that take us away from the true experience of the invitation into the pain of Lent. The invitation into the pain of Lent is something far different than that. Because what we're, what we're seeking is not pain. We're not masochists who are seeking pain. What we're seeking is, is not just self-denial for the sake of self-denial. We're not even seeking self-improvement. What we're seeking, hopefully, is Jesus. Hopefully, what we're seeking is a relationship with Jesus Christ that cannot be earned, but can be experienced. And when Jesus says, if anyone wants to be my disciple, that's an invitation. It's not a command. It's first an invitation. Well, what do, you, what do we want? Because we, we can gain the world, but what good will that be if you lose your soul? But he who wants to lose his life for my sake, who wants to find me, well, they'll actually find their life because they found Jesus. You know? And so this is where we hear the words of Paul just streaming into our life out of Philippians. And we hear what Paul wants. What does Paul want? I want 
to know Christ in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain the resurrection. This is what Jesus says, is we can find life. And Paul says, I want to live the resurrection life. He's not just saying that he wants to enter the pearly gates. He wants resurrection life. He wants to experience Jesus right now. I want to know Christ. And yes, I want to know him for all of eternity, but I want to know him right now. And I want to experience him right now. But in order for, to, for me to know the comfort of Jesus, well then I must also experience the grief of Jesus. If I want to be comforted, well then I must also mourn. And if I want to be filled, then I must also be hungry. And that means I have to fast if I want more of Jesus. And that means that I have to weep if I want to experience the joy of knowing Christ's heart. And so it's an invitation to grab an electric fence. But not for pride at the end. It's, it's an experience of, of come and join me in my grief. Because you will experience what it's like to weep over a city that doesn't know me. You will learn what it's like to weep over a people who have turned their back on me. You will learn what it's like to grieve over those who do not have adequate parents and who don't have food on their table. And when you learn to grieve with me in those moments, you will also have a window opened in your heart and in your mind that will experience joys that others miss because they didn't know the pain that opened up their eyes to the joy. So as Paul calls us, we want to count every ounce of our own merit rubbish for the sake of knowing Christ. And all we want to do is let go of ourselves and experience both the grief of Jesus and the joy of Jesus. Because not that I want pain and not that I want ecstasy, but I want Jesus. Because all there really is at the end of the day is just Jesus. And some say, well, why do we... Why do we intentionally go after the pain? I mean, doesn't life have enough pain in and of itself? Why would we practice Lent where you purposely practice self-denial while you purposely engage pain? Why would you observe that when my life, there's pain everywhere. Have you, have you looked at the news recently? You know, we, we, we can experience pain without engaging Lent. Why would we do that? Well, well why would an athlete practice fundamentals? Why would a musician work on their scales? Why not just play the game? Why not just play the music? Well, because the more I work on the scales and the more I practice the fundamentals, then when I get into the game, I don't have to think about the basics and I don't get stuck on the basics. I can begin to flow in the game and move with the music. And when life starts to happen, I don't get stuck in the pain. Instead, I've learned to deal with pain and I have a higher pain tolerance because I've learned to experience Jesus in the midst of pain. And now when life throws me a curveball or it hits one of my friends, or I lose my job, or I lose a loved one, now in the midst of this, I have trained my heart and trained my mind to know how to receive the grace of God in pain. And when life comes at me, I find Jesus, because I've learned to practice pain. So it's not just the ascetics who have practiced this for hundreds and thousands of years, it's Jesus himself who decided to engage pain when right after he was baptized, he walks into the wilderness 
And he says, bring it on right here and right now. We're going to work on the fundamentals. We're going to experience the pain. We're going to go through the scales because someday I'm going to be hanging on a cross and someday my best friends are going to deny me and they're going to reject me. And in the middle of that, I'm going to be ready to handle the pain because when Satan tempted me with the world and with bread and with the easy way out. I learned to depend on my father. And so when it comes to the moment of the cross, when life hits me, I won't have to be worried about whether I can get through the pain. Instead, I can look from the cross and say, forgive them. Here is your son. Into your hands, I commit my spirit. Because we're past the pain. We're resolved. We're resolute. We know how to deal with pain. Now it's time to engage life. And this is what Lent is about. It's about practicing the scales. Working on the fundamentals. It's about engaging the way of the cross. Not just letting, us, letting it happen to us but disciplining ourselves for the purpose of godliness. Not just waiting for God to come and discipline us, but instead actively choosing to engage a life of pain and poverty, not because we're masochistic, but because we want Jesus. Because we want Jesus. And so what is Lent? Lent is an invitation. But along with that invitation, there's this beautiful promise. And the promise is, is that when we share in the fellowship of his sufferings, we also somehow attain resurrection. We also attain resurrection. So as we go into the dark moments of Lent, as we maybe cut out some of that stuff in our diet, or maybe we focus more intentionally in on Christ, or we give more to the poor, or we practice things that are more painful in our lives, as we engage in that season of Lent, what we're offered in the midst of that sort of life is that we are also offered this hope, this great hope. And the hope is assurance that light always pierces the darkness. That life always conquers death. And that love never, ever fails. It never fails. We don't know where the road leads us, and we don't know what pain comes next. We know that there will be pain. We don't know exactly how we're going to handle it. But what we do know is, is that as we learn to lean into Jesus, that whatever pain lies in front of us, that he will conquer it, and he will redeem it, And he will resurrect through it. And he will stand in all of his glory for all of eternity. And we will be able to experience the life of the resurrection. Right? Amen. Amen. And so what he calls us to is he calls us to intentionally not just wait for pain to happen to us. But he says, deny ourselves. Take up our cross. And follow him. We're not waiting for life to happen to us. We're engaging the life of Jesus. And he's calling to us. He's inviting us to come after him. Reminds me of that old song. You know it. I have decided to follow Jesus. You know how that goes, right? I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Let's do one more verse as the last. The world behind me 
the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, no turning back, no turning back. Jesus, we welcome you into our lives during this Lenten season. We welcome you into our community. We welcome you into our journey. We want to follow you. We want to take up our cross, our crosses, and we want to follow you. We want to let the world fade in the background as we turn our eyes upon the living Christ. And we want to experience you and know you in the fellowship of sharing this Lenten season in a little portion of your suffering. And even as Isaiah 58 describes to us of the true fast, we want to experience it in all facets. We want to know the hunger and the mourning. We want to know that it's more blessed to give than to receive. We want to be reminded that the joys that we've experienced are nothing compared to the glory that's in front of us. And God, we invite you, please, Jesus, to guide us through this season. We don't want another religious experience. We don't want some practice just for the sake of it. We don't need any of that. Our righteousness is sure. It it happened on a cross and in an empty tomb. We don't need to gain righteousness. But we do want to gain more of you in our lives and experience you. And so, Jesus, we invite you again. We invite you into all of these Wednesday evening services. We invite you into whatever the disciplines are that you call us into in this season of Lent. We invite you into our homes as we read the scriptures. We invite you into our purses and wallets as we give to those in need. Jesus, we invite you deep, deep into our lives. We invite you for the tough conversations that we need to have with ourselves. And we ask that at the end of Lent, we will have a better experience of resurrection because we've had a better experience of your pain. We ask you in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus, Lord of all. Amen.